Yo guys, welcome back to another episode of In The Zone, episode 176. All three of us are here on deck today. We're going to jump right into it, NBA playoffs. Last week, uh, we were at the end of the first round here, so we're just going to cover that real quick. The Milwaukee Bucks, they smashed the Bulls in five. I don't think any of us are surprised there. Golden State Warriors beat the Nuggets in five. 76ers, you can actually go fuck yourself. They closed the series in six games in Toronto. Our smashed boys, us. They smashed us. Oh, my. Um, yeah, 132-97. Forgot about the score. They really did. Um, fuck. Yeah, Phoenix got one up on the Pelicans. That was a solid six-game series. Um, the Dallas fucking Mavericks beating the Utah Jazz by a bucket. They took that in six, and the Memphis Grizzlies ended up beating the Timberwolves in six games. So, Alino... Out of all those games, I kind of want to go to Utah-Dallas. Uh, I thought they were going to push it seven. It was going to be a fun series. Uh, Mitchell kind of did everything that he could, taking 30 shots a game. Um, but Luka and Brunson and Kleber and the fucking Mavericks were just too much for them. So what do you see going forward for the Utah Jazz? Yeah, uh, I, I found this tweet and perfect timing there sent them into a rebuild <laughs> they were already pretty much like halfway into it they had rebuilt already utah with gobert and uh, mitchell it looked like everything was on the up and up those two couldn't get along in the last couple of years uh and then the final nail right there luka Doncic saying goodbye bye-bye you're going home and uh looks like they have tough decisions to make now because Rudy Gobert has pretty much uh, gave an ultimatum there to uh, the management saying it's either him or me. One of us has got to go. I'm giving you to this date. Figure this shit out, and we'll go from there. So, uh, yeah, it's probably both of them going, and Utah got to maximize, like, all the assets here. And instead of going into a rebuild, maybe you can get some solid roster guys to come in and go on another run with a retooled roster. Yeah, dude. Honestly, I've never. I've, I don't think I've. I can remember a duo that's been as like heated with each other. You know, like, and this isn't like based on play. This is. I don't. I just don't think they like each other. I don't think they ever have. And I said it to you guys like two weeks ago. If Utah wants to win the series, you gotta freaking include Rudy Gobert more. And they just didn't do that all series. And you know, Dallas. They you gotta give them their props. Like. Finney Smith in game six had 18, 10, and five. He actually balled the hell out in that game. Um, Maxi Kleba actually had a pretty bad game in game six. Uh, but the big thing here, man, like, could I said this to you guys and especially to you, Pinot, like, can anyone really guard Gobert in that series? The simple answer is no. And they didn't really involve him. I'm looking here at the stack game six. He had 10 points, 12 rebounds. Gobert, only six shot attempts. So the, the guy all series, I know he's not the greatest. Like he'll, he's very limited in, t in terms of where he's going to shoot the ball, but you have to include him more, even if it's a pick and roll. Jordan Clarkson and Mitchell, they're the type of point guards, unfortunately, where, you know, as great offensively as they can be, they're sometimes they're very unreliable in terms of passing the ball, passing the ball and creating chances and, and opening up the floor. So, it was a shame to see it happen because I love guys like Mike Conley. I think they deserve better. And then, of course, <laughs> it's funny because I remember when uh, Mitchell, I think, was it him that took the shot in the bubble and missed? And he, Or no, it wasn't him. Someone else was. took Oh, was it him? Took the shot, missed, and then he went down on the floor. And then this one, Bogdanovich had the open three and missed, and Mitchell did the same reaction. So, I mean, Alino, you said it perfectly. I think probably both of them are gone. But if, I, if I'm if i Gobert, I'm getting the fuck out of there as soon as I can because if I'm him, I definitely don't feel appreciated. Okay, now that I think of it, it might have been Jamal Murray on the floor. It was one of the one or the other. Um, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, yeah, from uh, do we have anything here to touch on the Raptors? Just closing out round one here. Yeah, Gobert should uh, call up Masai. Get his agent working on a way to get to the Raptors because he'd be a perfect fit right there. Chris, give me one other team. Don't say the fucking Mavericks. Oh, for, for Gobert to go to? Yeah, just for fun. Uh, shit, I'll probably say Golden State. 
if 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 Wiseman if Wiseman doesn't freaking pan out because he's never playing, so um, he could be like a sneaky option there. I was gonna say Dallas, but I'm gonna probably go with a team maybe like I don't know, uh, maybe like can you imagine him going to Brooklyn? Like, I I I can't I can see it, but it's tough, man. There's not a lot of teams that can use a Gobert right now. Um, I, I guess yeah, the Raptors might be the best fit right now, but. Bo- here, you, you, I want to quickly talk about the Raps game. OG Ananobi only had five points. I know he had foul trouble, but you can't go two of seven. You can't come out in the second half getting your asses kicked. This wasn't even close, man. Like the first half, it was re- it was fairly – like even the officiating was not horrible. The first half, it was okay. I mean, obviously, Embiid and Harden are going to get their shots. But, man, you can't come out in the second half – and get absolutely obliterated like that. That that was just I, I don't like again, I get it. Like Maxi was hot, he was hitting his shots, Harden was hitting his shots, and Bede was hitting the shots. But I feel like there were just a lot of forced threes in this game, man. Like I think they shot seven of thirty-five from three, the raps, twenty percent. That's just you can't be forcing threes if you're not making them, you know what I mean? And um, we shot 39% from the field. They shot fucking 58% from the field. So that's the big difference there. But other than that, if there is one positive thing that I want to get out of it, it might have been his last game as a Raptor. Chris fucking Boucher, 25 points, 10 rebounds in like 29 minutes. So that's basically like the only positive I got from that game. Just how great Boucher was. And even in the series, man, I got to give all my flowers to fucking Siakam and Barnes. Those two guys really showed out. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think it was late in the third quarter. It was it was such a back and forth game, and then I don't know what the fuck happened. They went on that seventeen oh one seventeen oh run, and we did not have a chance from there. But uh, I'll throw Precious in there too. I thought not so much in the final game, but he really showed flashes. I thought that there was a side to me that thought they could have like benched him if the pressure got like too much, you know, and they were just eating him alive on defensive matchups. But he fucking. He stayed in there. He hung his own. He was he was on and on and beat a lot of times. But the main takeaway from this game, from the other side of it, the game's over with like five, six minutes left, and they still keep Joel Embiid in the fucking lineup. And he ends up breaking bones in his face. <laughs> so now for round two, their only hope is out of it. So as bad as it is for the Raptors, like um, that when I think about that game, that's the only thing I'm thinking about. Like, there's two minutes left, and he's still in the fucking lineup. So, I don't know. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it was just kind of puzzling when I saw that, and I think I think that was also on Embiid. I think he really wanted to stick it to the crowd. Like, yeah, <laughs> come off on. that one. Be, I know it's it's karma, but like, come on, let's be real. This guy's telling fans to shut the fuck up. He's waving. He's doing the airplane. <laughs> And then the next play, he gets a fucking elbow to the eye and he breaks his face. So to me, that's just karma. And, uh, yeah, if I'm Doc Rivers, I know he's always had the negative press of, oh, he, you know, he might he might blow a 3-1 lead again. But when you're the head coach there, your most prized possession is on the floor with two minutes left. You're up by 30. You have to think about the future. You have to think about the next round. He didn't really do that. So, yeah, Miami's going to fucking run him over. Yeah, so uh... – I guess I'll use that smooth transition to go to the second round. We'll kick it off in that series. It's it's already two nothing Miami. Um, this won't be much fun. But Alino, is is there anything the 76ers can do to uh, to just stay in it? Nah, man, this is done. <laughs> I think uh, they're mentally defeated without Embiid playing. I don't know what happened to James Harden, but he doesn't look like the James Harden we even saw last year. So. Like the one that James Harden we saw last year in Brooklyn was injured and he was still putting in more of an effort, getting his shots. This year it's like he's getting his shots. They're barely going in. Uh, he's barely getting the threes anymore. You can't really facilitate the offense like he used to. And it just seems a lot slower and predictable. And Maxi's like being relied on to get all these points. Danny Green shouldn't be relied on to get all these points, but he's been more consistent than recent years. So. Yeah, I think Miami's going to finish the sweep off. And Philly, uh, it's another year that Doc Rivers has to look at and be like, mess this up big time. Like, how are you going to change this? Get rid of Ben Simmons for James Harden. Think it's going to put you over the hump and it makes you worse. 
Yeah, I mean, he's been terrible, um, Harden. <laughs> it's just there's no there's no getting around it, man. Like, I want to give this guy the benefit of the doubt that, you know, yeah, he's lost a step. Yeah, maybe he doesn't have the support. But when you're the n- main number one option the first two games, you drop 20 points and 16 points. That's not fucking James Harden. That's – I don't even want to even know. Like, he's shooting combined in the first two in the series, 11-28. Like, it's the – whole, the whole playoffs, he's been shooting about 39% from the field. This I, I don't even know. Like, I was talking to so many guys about his performances in the playoffs, and I think this might be one of the biggest fall from graces I've seen from a superstar in a very long time. And it's sad to see because two, three years ago, he was – arguably one of the greatest, smartest offensive players we've ever seen, dropping 34, 36, 32 in a whole year. So, I mean, the wheels did fall off completely. And the the thing that really is mind-boggling to me is Tobias Harris in game one balled the fuck out. He had like 27 points. He shot like 12 of 18 from the field, and James Harden – only shot like 13 attempts and was like four of 13. So I, I get it. Like James Harden, the last two years, probably one of the better facilitators in the league, but you gotta, you gotta step up. You have to start connecting those threes. You gotta start. Fuck. I don't even know, man, like hit the treadmill, try and get your pace back. Cause that's what's affected him most. You know what? Shout out to Tyrese fucking Maxi. Cause in my mind, he's the most improved player of the year. They got smacked, but he dropped 34. Like Alino said, he's dropping tons of points. But if he's got to carry the load with Tobias Harris, I think the writing's on the wall there. So I got the Heat in five. I'll give him one game, surprisingly. So uh, let's go to the other one in the East real quick. The Bucks and Celtics. This is fucking crazy. Uh, Giannis and Drew were killer in game one, and then the Celtics just shut them the fuck out in game two. So, Chris, you're high on the Celtics. Dabble into this one a bit. I mean, it, it is probably going to be the best series of of round two um, between this and Memphis and Golden State, as we've seen. Golden State, and we'll talk about it later, but that's gotten really chippy really fast. But in this one specifically, I want to look at Grant Williams. The guy has absolutely blossomed as a bench player, bench scorer, and just a, he's, he's becoming a fucking unbelievable defender too. Like in game two, he was defending Giannis. And Giannis had an absolutely terrible – he had a terrible game. He shot 11 of 27, and in the first game he shot 9 of 25. So that's absolutely abysmal shooting from a guy that averages usually about 58, 59 from the field. Uh, like I mentioned, like Boston is the best defensive team in the league. They're arguably the best team in the league. I, I, as much as I love Giannis and the story of if they go through without Middleton and that will solidify Giannis's legacy even more – I don't see it happening. I just think the Celtics, what we saw last game without Marcus Smart and the amount of threes that they connect on is just ridiculous. Like Jalen Brown, Tatum, and Williams combined for 16 threes last game. I don't think I've ever heard that in my life in a playoff game. So they're chucking up threes. They're connecting. Al Horford looks like a different player. They got the Time Lord back at center, Robert Williams. I just I I love Milwaukee. I, I know a lot of people that I've talked to have Bucks Suns final again. I think I think the Celtics are really on a tear here. And Jason Tatum, man, guys, he's blossoming in our very own eyes as one of the best players in the game. If you haven't noticed already, I'm still leaning towards uh, the Bucks on this one. I just think with Middleton, it takes away obviously from their offense, but I think they can still edge it out. It might be a seven game series, but. I'll still go with Giannis on this one because game two, he was playing awful in the first half. And like we saw him turn things around and then he was just getting bucket after bucket. So I'm uh, I'm going to go with Giannis still. I think uh, him, Drew Holiday, they'll figure it out. Uh, Bobby Portis needs to still be more involved in the offense. And I think they're probably going to squeak by the Celtics on this one. Well, my whole bracket's fucked because I had Brooklyn over Boston. So <laughs> um, I'm probably going to take the Celtics. Middleton being out, is uh, it, that's such a shot in the fucking leg for them. He closes for the most games. They have to change a lot over there. With with the Celtics, like the thing with Giannis, they have like four fucking four or five guys they can throw at him. Grant and Robert Williams and like 
and Horford at times, like they guard him really well. I feel like it'll go back and forth. Like Giannis will have, he'll still get a fucking triple double every game. But at the same time, he'll have nights where he'll dominate and then the Celtics will shut him down. I think it's a great series. But, you know, with Middleton being out, I think guys got to step up. They got to, no one's going to take his place individually. But as a team, they really got to step up. I don't know. I think I got the Celtics edging them out. It's going to be a close one, though, boys. Um, We'll go to the West now. Uh, We'll start with the Mavs and the Suns. The Suns have a 2-0 lead on Luka Doncic and the Mavericks. So, Chris, kick it off over there. What are you thinking? Uh, I wanted to be generous and give the Mavericks, like, maybe a game or two, but it's not looking good. I want to say Suns in four, man. Like, this is a team – I, I said it. I said it before the pod last night. They got 129, and DeAndre Aiden got nine, and like that just shows the depth of this team. Guys coming off the bench. I know you guys could laugh all you want, but like Javale McGee, what he's brought off the bench is absolutely versatility. Cameron Payne is a guy that can shoot. Cameron Johnson, I freaking love that guy. He he can do so much in so little time. Like we all know, Jay Crowder. He's he's hit or miss in this playoffs. But like the the big four there, Paul Booker, Bridges, and Aiden, they just they bring it every single night. And I love Luca. You guys know it. I have two of his jerseys already. Like he's one of my favorite players in the league. The fact that the Suns are so comfortable letting him drop 45 points almost every game and they still win by like 12 just proves that they don't have the depth. The, the, don't get me wrong, Alino, you made a good point. Guys like Finney Smith and guys like uh, Bullock, like they're they're good players. I just think guys like Dan Whitty haven't stepped up enough. Jalen Brunson the first two games has not been the same dude as he was in the Utah series. Uh, man, I think this Phoenix team means business. And by the way, Chris Paul, one of the most clutch scorers of all time. So I got Phoenix in four. Yeah, I'm still – I will think uh, the Suns will make it through. But I think going into Dallas, it's going to be uh, a night where they're going to get hot. I think Dallas gets both home games, and uh, they're going to tie it up, but then the Suns will close it out. But it's going to be hard because the last series when Finney Smith, Bullock, uh, Kleber, when they all got hot there, started scoring threes at will. This team's kind of hard after to defend, and it's going to force guys to maybe change the way they play. So. Uh, they did the best they could in game two. Uh, they had a lead, I think, twice in that game, but just dropped off at the end and the Suns took over. So I think if they can get those two at home, uh, maybe the outcome of how fans look at it are different, but they do desperately need depth in the offseason because uh, Luka can't do it all by himself. I got uh, I got Phoenix in five. I'll say the, I'll say the Mavericks take the next game, but... It's tough, man. Like Chris, you were saying, they're, they're comfortable with him dropping 45. It's very obvious what the game plan is. They're going to try to shut him down as much as they can. They're going to stay on, on Luka, and everyone else has got to beat us. So I expect Luka to get a triple-double the next three games like pretty easily. I don't know about you guys. But um, I, I'm happy you brought up JaVale McGee. I was kind of scared to just because I feel like at times – I'm not saying they're on the same level. Everyone fucking relax. But I feel like him and Aiton, the way they play are like interchangeable just based off their system. So I'm happy you're giving that guy some love. (laughs) Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of times that I see even yesterday, for example, Chris Paul shot 11 of 15. The other game, what did he shoot? 14 of 14. Like, he's just on a different level this year. And I think the the injury really helped him, like the the time off. I think it really – because we all know Chris Paul. He's always going to be in the in the film room. He's going to be the guy that's always doing the research, always looking. He's one of the smartest players of all time. Probably going to be a coach after he retires. He's just that invested in the game of basketball. His IQ is top three. And, you know, you could say what you want. I think I did say a couple times that Chris Paul, you know, as great as he is of a point guard, he's not the greatest defensive point guard. But he just what he does with with the ball and with his plays on the fly, it's wizardry. And when you have Devin Booker coming back from that hammy, he's dude. I don't even think he's dropped over. Well, last night he dropped thirty, but before that, I don't even think he was dropping over twenty six. So Devin Booker, if you think about it, Alino, he hasn't even got hot yet. So to me, that's why I have him in four. But 
What do you think? I'll, I'll ask this question to Pinello. What do you think the Mavs have to do in order to win the next two games? Do they have to sh- do they have to target one specific player like a Paul, or what, what do you think they have to do more like a zone? Because I really have no idea how they can stop this team. I feel like it would be one of the two guards because when I look at Phoenix as a whole, I just think they haven't beat defensively. Like honestly, I feel like this is a learning experience. I don't know. I feel like they could get a game, but to get two. Everything would have to go right. I feel like Brunson's going to have to have another 30 spotter. Uh, was going to have to drop threes. Luke is going to have to do his thing. They're just going to have to do everything collectively. So, uh, man, they could get this is the first time they hit the second round, right? With Luca, it is, yeah, yeah. Like, they're still, I mean, he's still young in his career, and I feel like it could be a learning experience because the Phoenix they went all the way last year and they're fucking hungry to get there again. So, man, yeah. But I think we should go to this last series. Last series, real quick. We got Golden State Warriors, Memphis Grizzlies. Might be the most exciting, along with the Celtics and the uh, and the Bucks one. It's a fight. It goes down to the last fucking bucket every game so far. So, Alino, I'll start with you. Who do you got in this Memphis Golden State series? Yeah, I still got Golden State. Uh... They just got to figure out what's going on with Clay Thompson because he gets threes one game. The next one, he's like, you don't even know he's on the court. Like, if I'm the coach, I'm kind of pissed because he's took the last couple shots at the end there. It ended up costing them because he missed. He wasn't hot. He wasn't. He didn't have any rhythm at all. And then it's forcing guys like Poole to step up and Draymond Green has to drain threes and Curry's already scoring a lot, but it just adds more pressure when a key member of your team isn't producing the way he's expected to. So I just think they got to figure out something to get Clay going early on in the game instead of like gradually hoping that in the third quarter he starts getting hot. So that's the only thing I think they should change. Like Steve Kerr, like instead of getting Steph Curry hot early on, try to get Clay involved right from the first whistle. And then the other guys, their play will come. Cause saw even Andrew Wiggins, that dunk he got, that was crazy. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, he gets a three, but then you don't even notice him the rest of the game. So I think if Clay's going, it'll force the other guys to maybe step up their game and not put too much pressure on them to perform. Yeah, man, I'll, I'll say uh, I'll say Warriors in six games. I just think everything has kind of gone right for Memphis. Game two. Uh, I'll, I'll give you guys this crazy stat. I know, Alino, you were complaining about Clay Thompson. He shot 5 of 19, 2 of 12 from 3. And, and Steph Curry, 11 of 25, 3 of 11 from 3. So if you add that up, they shot combined 16 of 44 from the field, and they shot 5 of 23 from 3, and they only lost by 5. And John Moran dropped 47. So if you think about that, man, like as much as I love uh, as much as I love Memphis and what they've done, they're just too inexperienced. When these guys get going, I think Golden State is just gonna absolutely run them out the building unless guys like Jaron Jackson, Brandon Clark, even I mean dirty dirty fucking player in Dylan Brooks. like I don't know what that play was. completely unnecessary to a guy like Gary Payton. I just thought that was kind of out of the blue. But, um, yeah, I, I think Golden State, like last game, it was the perfect example. Memphis needs a lot to go wrong and uh, just to get a win. So I'm going to go with the better team winning here. I think Golden State's potentially going to go to the final. I don't want to jinx them yet, but Ooh. when Curry and Clay shoot that bad, that's, that's, that's the no-brainer that Memphis wins that. I like it. Um, is there anything in your mind? that says Jean Morant can absolutely take over and possibly steal the series. Cause I feel like, I feel like him and Luca are in similar situations. They're both young. They're both uh, inexperienced playoff wise, and they got to carry much more than they should. But I'm with you with the explanation, but can Jean Morant pull it off or is it too soon? I mean, like what we saw last game was just godliness. The guy, what he he dropped 47. He missed like, I think he almost shot 50% from the field. He's that aggressive. He's that dominant. You could tell he's a guy that takes over games. I don't know if he could take over a series though, at least yet. Because we're not saying the same thing about Luka. Like Luka can go out and drop 40, but is he really going to end a series? 
Now, I know Memphis is a better overall team, but, I mean, against this Golden State team, if he can do it, he's already like a top 15 player in the league if, if he does it this year. And, like, it's crazy his development and how much he's exceeded expectations. And I don't know why he won the fucking MIP. That makes zero sense. But um, another thing, too, that I want to bring up, and this can kind of counter-argue what I said. Desmond Bain has been invisible first two games in this series, too. And he was incredible in, in the Timber. He was probably the X factor in the Timberwolves series. He was the best three-point shooter in the first round out of any player. Um, and he, that, that's that's saying a lot because guys like Max, you were dropping them, you know. So this to me is easily the hardest series to predict. But again, the stats to me show that Golden State is the better team here. And I think they, when their shooters get, get going and they're motivated and a guy like Draymond Green is on the floor, Steph Curry is just that much better when Draymond's on the floor. So as long as Draymond doesn't get fucking ejected, and John Morant and, and, the, and the Grizzlies show their inexperience, I think, yeah, man, Golden State, I think they got this one. I think to Alino's point before, too, Clay's not even fucking hot yet. I don't think he's had 30 points in the first two games. So it, it could get worse. So, uh, But I got I to gotta bring it up because it's a big fucking story. The Dylan Brooks play on Gary Payton. Yeah, that's that was that was unacceptable, man. And, that, and it was early in the game. Like that was like what first quarter? It might you have been the second or third possession, honestly. Yeah, man, you can't be doing that. Especially we've seen him a couple games. I'm not going to say consistently, but we've seen him a couple games drop like 25. Right? Like he's a pretty reliable scorer. He's not that bad, but you can't be doing that to a guy like Gary Payton. Like Gary Payton's a guy that goes out there, he works his ass off, he plays like 12 minutes, and then he fucks off, and then he, he gets back on the bench and he supports his team. But a guy like Dylan Brooks, man, a good Canadian, I didn't expect that from him. I was actually quite disappointed because that was easily a flagrant two foul. Is there any news on that, anything that came out? Uh, the only thing that I know is that they interviewed like Steve Kerr, and those guys just said, yeah, that's unacceptable, but we're not going to retaliate which just shows that Golden State, they've been there before. They have three championships. They know what it takes. They're going to cut out all that bullshit. Heads are down, and they're just going to keep going. I think that's the inexperience too, man. Like They, they, they love the drama. All these, like Even if you look back at the Timberwolves and Grizzlies series, guys like Pat Bev were really trying to get at John Morant the whole series because, again, the inexperience can cost you. We've seen that in the past with numerous teams. But in this specific instance, just Dylan Brooks doing what he did, man. That was I don't know if that was to retaliate at what Draymond Green did to Brandon Clark or even what uh who elbowed Draymond Green in the face. I know that was I know that was accidental, but even that was a really dirty play. So I mean Memphis, I love them. They work really hard. They're a hard-nosed team, but you can't be doing that, especially against a team that will absolutely obliterate you. If a guy like Dylan Brooks is not like to me, the biggest thing too is they won without Dylan Brooks the whole game. But that's because again, John Morant, 47 points. Does he do that every night? Absolutely not. So it's going to be interesting to see. Again, I still don't know if he's getting suspended or not, but I think they definitely have to discipline him. That was a terrible play. In conclusion, then I, I think you said it before, but Warriors in seven, was that it? No, I, I said I think six. I think they're going to go back in Golden State and end it. I'll go seven. Nonetheless, I think the three of us have the same prediction. We lost our captain maybe three minutes ago. But yeah. I think we're going to jump into the hockey side of this portion now. NHL playoffs are underway. We fucked up a couple series last week. Damn. And, uh, I, well, I didn't think the fucking uh, – we got to bring it up now because it's on my mind. Connor Ingram on the Predators blew a fucking 4-1. I was just going to say. I was just going to say. I pick him up in fantasy because I'm like, that's a layup win. They don't want to play Colorado. Guess they fucking do. So, yeah, we're going to we're gonna kick it off in round one. We'll go to the East, I guess. We'll start with our team. Oh. The, no, we're going to go positive first. The Buds beat the Lightning 5-0. Our first fucking... Our, oh my God! I don't even know since two thousand three four since we had home ice. So, this was a great feeling. We're, we'll get to game two, but 
after that game one, how did you feel? I felt fucking amazing. I, I saw the stat. It was the first home win in a series since 02, man. That was when Ed Belfour was our goalie. Like, you know how long ago? That's 20 years ago. <laughs> so, and the fact that we did it so lopsided from the opening puck drop to the end of the game, we just absolutely killed the Tampa Bay Lightning. We boat raced them, man. It was just a crazy series. It was a crazy start to the series. And to me, the biggest storyline here was our stars really showed out. Matthews had three points. Mitch Marner ended his 18-game point drought. And Morgan Riley, man, making Jan Ruta get busted open, just protecting his teammates as much as he could. It To me, honestly, it got a little more gritty than I expected. I know Tampa Bay, like, they have that experience and they know what it takes to win, but I didn't think it would get that gritty after the game one. And Kyle Clifford definitely did set the tone, didn't he? He did. Uh, we lost our captain for a few minutes. He went to get stitched up. <laughs> now. So, uh, Alino, after that game one, what the fuck was going through your mind? We're not getting to game two yet. Just we're going to keep it positive right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Game one, I thought, you know what? They're sweeping their ass. They're going to go in and uh, everything's looking positive. Uh, I like how Austin Matthews set the tone. Uh, I like the crowd getting into it. It wasn't like, you know, all like the crowd sitting on their hands and not cheering like we saw in past uh, playoff performances, but it was a nice performance by the boys and uh, good pros, you know. Uh, Mitchie finally ended that drought, and uh, it was something positive until next game. Speaking of uh, another thing that's positive, Carolina's up 2 nothing on the Boston Bruins. Oh, yeah. Don't. Alino, let's talk some shit. <laughs> Carolina sweep the fucking series. You know what? I think they will. No Frederick Henderson, and they uh, could sweep them. I'm a big fan of this Carolina team only in this round. Uh, obviously, if they go on, I don't want to see uh, them have success. Uh, but it's good to see what they're doing to Boston. Couldn't happen to a nicer team. Yeah, dude, honestly, like what I, I, I was making fun of Carolina before the series because I saw Anderson was out. And then Antti Ranta just made me eat my words. He fucking had like 35 saves. They won 5-1 in game one. And then... I guess we're going to talk about game two here. Fucking David Pasternak doing his best Roman Reigns impression and Superman punching Ranta into next fucking year. The guy's spitting out blood, has a concussion. He's out. Peter Korchkov, or whatever the hell his name is, comes in, and he starts fucking fighting Marshawn. And th to me, this just shows that the Bruins, they know they have it beat. Like, there's no fucking way... You're doing all this nonsense shit in game two. Like the whole year, Carolina has boat raced them every single game. And Svechnikov with that hit on Lindholm. Oh my God. Just nothing's gone right for Boston. I'm fucking loving every minute of it. Let's fucking go, boys. Kara fucking line of the Kaniacs. Let's get it. Not adding shit to that. Uh. <laughs> Go to the the fuck else is here. Oh, there we go. Pittsburgh and the Rangers. That is, to me, that's a seven-game series. That's one of the coin flips in the playoffs this year. So uh, Pittsburgh currently leads one nothing. We got game two tonight. Alino, what are your predictions for this series? I still like Pittsburgh. Uh, I think the veterans are going to get it done. I just think it might be a lot longer of a series than they may have hoped. Uh, like... They've come out, it looks like they had their moments, that backup goalie story and OT, how we had a nice big meal, uh, was nice, good feel-good moment, uh, but I think Pittsburgh, this might be a game six situation for them. Yeah, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm still probably leaning Penguins in like seven games or six, but what I saw from... Shesterkin in game one, like the guy's probably going to be exhausted. 83 shot attempts <laughs> that like that's, that's retarded. Like that's, that's a shit ton of shots. Um, it was unfortunate to see them lose obviously at home after three OTs, the fans must've been so fucking pissed, but yeah, the veterans came through. Crosby was easily, in my opinion, the best player on the ice setting up Gensel twice and, and I believe it was the second period. Uh, he had two points. Malkin had a key goal, tipping and, th and 
triple overtime. I, I honestly, guys, you guys could make fun of me all you want when I say this. Chris Kreider, for majority of the year, has been their best player. And it showed in game one. The guy is he's going up on the rush by himself. He's outpacing everyone else. Uh, Chris Kreider, man, you, I know he's not going to get 50 goals again. Let's be real here. No. But what a fuck it. What a story. What a year it's been for him. Are the days of him running goalies over? Like, are we going to remember when he ran Carey Price and the fucking world lost their mind? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. But I think that's behind him. I think he's now more of a respected player just based on how great he's been. And even the me- like the mentorship, too. He's probably been a great mentor to guys like Kako, Chidal, Lafreniere. Even Lafreniere in game one I thought was pretty good in his first career playoff game. So... Um, it's going to be a fun series. I do think that, like you mentioned, Alino, I think the vets are going to pull it through, as we saw in game one with Malkin getting the winner. I think at the end of the day, if Tristan Jari was in net, I think this would be, be a six-gamer for sure. But, you know, Shesterkin could easily pull a – he could easily steal a series. So I think this is going seven, MSG, coin flip. There you go. I'm with all of that. Uh, speaking of historical disappointments, we got the Florida Panthers in the Washington <laughs> Capitals. Um, yeah, 4-2 in game one. Alino, you're the Florida guy. <laughs> is there any way that... Uh, <laughs> is the Florida just, guy. <laughs> it's just game one jitters, or should we? Should the Panthers be worried about the Caps going forward? I'm going to go with uh, game one jitters. Sergei Bobrovsky made some big saves. Uh, he's on the case over there, so I'm confident in his skills. But uh, everyone else, I think they need to uh, just pick it up a little bit. Ekblad hopefully helps him out. Uh, if he can be 100% and uh, turn things around there, I got Florida in seven. I'm telling you right now, if Vanacek <laughs> plays like that every game, the Panthers are losing the series. <laughs> I mean, Tom Wilson's an X-Factor. Anthony Mantha's been fantastic. We saw late in the third, guys like Oshie, Kuznetsov, and Ovechkin turned it up an extra gear. And I think the D, like Montour, they didn't really have an answer for that. So if those guys are well-rested going into the third period, maybe you see more of Eller, Mantha, Wilson in the second, and then you have those big three come out hard in the third. I don't know, man. Florida, like I, they've had an outstanding year. This is this that first game really worried me. I really don't know if this can really be. I really don't know if this could be a cakewalk for Florida. I think this is either seven or Washington wins at this point because, like I've said, you need that experience. Washington's gone on deep playoff runs before, and Florida just flat out hasn't. So. Barkov and Huberto were invisible in game one. They got to step it up moving forward. I'm not really worried about them. Huberto was like third in the heart uh, candidate. Uh, he was a heart trophy candidate this year. But nah, I don't know, man. After game one, I'll still say Florida seven, but the Caps could surprise. Yeah, I got Florida seven. Um, I don't like the people out there that are just kind of like, like when you look at it on paper, maybe Florida should. I'm not going to say run away with it, but the year that they've had. Yeah, you would pick them to win, but you look at the guys on this Washington team and all the playoff series they've been through together over the years. Like, fuck that. Ovi, Backstrom, Kuzi, Carlson's coming off another fucking 70-point year. No one talks about that because nine other guys did it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, Oshi too, I forgot to mention. Orlov, like, these guys have been together for a long time. Alino's a big Mantha fan. If he could fucking play his role on the third line. Yeah, I'm not saying it's impossible. For sure they could win. But Florida, like, Florida's really fucking deep. They should win this series. So I got it in seven games. Um, But, yeah, moving on to the West now. Making up for the series we called last week. We got Colorado-Nashville. Oh, man. Um, I feel like if there's a sweep, it's going to be this one. Alino, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. I think... uh... Unfortunately for Nashville, this is the horrible matchup that they got. Uh, this is going to be an easy four games, I think, and uh, they're going to be going home. So, unfortunate for Yossi, the kind of year he had, but just not meant to be this year. 
I can't believe I'm saying this. I won't say sweep. I'll say five games just based on how Nashville's crowd is absolutely rowdy as hell. And again, I think Roman Yossi, he could easily do the damage. I think he's absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, Johansson, Duchesne, Granlin, those type of players can probably get a win there. Philip Forsberg as well, a very underappreciated star. But yeah, man, Kale McCarr, like McKinnon, Ranton, and Landis Kog, Kadri, Burakovsky, those guys are just absolutely bonkers. They're head and they're head and above, they're head and shoulders above everyone else. I'll be generous here. I'll give Nashville one win, but yeah, Colorado easily advanced into the second round. Pause it on Kadri for a second. Is he going to get suspended this playoff? You know what? Just like what I said about Kreider, I think he's changed his game. I'll say, nah, he's good. I think he will. <laughs> one game. <laughs> He'll do something stupid eventually. It's going to happen. This series pisses me off because I really wanted to see Nashville-Calgary because I, I genuinely think Colorado's going to sweep them, especially without UC Soros now. Like, what the fuck are you going to do against Colorado's guys? Like, Nashville's pretty deep, but Colorado's the same situation, except their guys are better. Watch Riddich next game get 40 saves. Oh, man. oh big save, Dave. Big save, Dave. <laughs> I love it. So we've got the Avs in four and five. Love it. Uh We'll go on to Dallas and Calgary now. First game was one nothing Calgary. Didn't really see that shit coming. I don't think Dallas even had 20 shots that game. Not the most exciting, but different style. Uh, so, yeah, Chris, with this series, what are you thinking? Well, I mean, in game one, I, I actually bet Dallas plus one and a half. So I think if, if that means anything that I'm telling you is that I think it's going to be close every game. I want to say Dallas, dude, they had – They've had Calgary's number the last two years. And I don't know if you guys remember, Dallas eliminated Calgary two years ago. So there's a lot of animosity between these two teams. Jake Ottinger is blossoming in front of our very own eyes too. He's a really good goalie, but Markstrom, top five goalie in the league this year, no doubt about it. If you count that shutout last last game, that's 10 shutouts in the year. I don't remember the last time a goalie got 10. I think it was Vassy or probably, I don't know. But um, Cal- I'll say Calgary in six or seven, though. I think Dallas, the veterans, Joe, uh, Joe Pavelski, Robertson, Sagan, Ben, even like Klingberg has been there a couple times now. They went on that, day- that deep playoff run. Uh, make no mistake about it, Calgary for sure is the better team. I just think the matchup really does favor Dallas. Yeah, I think Calgary I'll take in this one just because of goaltending. And can't believe Vancouver – decided to go with Holpe over Markstrom. Looking back at that, they look fucking stupid for doing it, but good thing they have Demko. Uh, I just think that, like, Dallas, it's only gonna, having those old guys are going to get them only so far, like Pavelski, and he'll have his moments. Ben will have, hopefully, a moment. He desperately needs one. Uh, and playoff hockey is a type of hockey that he should be dude, thriving and throwing hits, throwing his body around, and getting some goals in front of the net, but haven't seen that yet. So hopefully he turns that around, but I got Calgary in five. I got Calgary in five as well. Uh, I just feel like their offense is better just with that one line. Um, their defense is better and their goaltending is better. And that's all I got to say about that. Like Ottinger had a solid fucking year, but it's going up against Markstrom and I have to eat my words on Markstrom because he's been fucking incredible the last three years. I don't think there's any way he lets them down the way they've been playing. And uh, it was one nothing, but I'd feel like Calgary, they're going to figure it out. They've kind of had that year offensively where no one could fucking stop them. They were all plus 400 or, for fuck's sake. So, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, and their top four is just – their top four is incredible on D. As much as I love Heiskanen and Klingberg, and they do have that finals experience together. I don't know if it's enough, boys. So, Calgary in five. Um, I'll say I'll say this though before we move on. Do you like what Edmonton did last night? Can you see Calgary doing that tonight? Like absolutely fucking boat racing Dallas. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. <laughs> like five, five tonight. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, speaking of that fucking series, Kings and Oilers. <laughs> the Kings won Game One. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor Moore, let's go. Oh my, so. uh Oh my, yeah, what is it for the, I don't know. So, <laughs> Alina, take it away. 
Yeah, the Oilers fuck this up. Honestly, fire everybody and trade everyone. It's not meant to be. Like the Kings have no pressure, and they took Game One. And your team has two MVP players, and you have Zach Hyman, who is supposed to be the guy there, the savior. You have Nugent Hopkins, uh, Darnell Nurse. You even got a Vander Kane for nothing. And uh, L.A. won Game One still. So, man, I think Jonathan Quick's going to get hot. Uh, I think Kopitar's been hot all year. Doughty's going to really hit it into another gear. And I think LA's going to eliminate Edmonton. <laughs> you know what, man? I'm going to go with the Oilers in seven. Uh, but it is going to be a series. It's going to be a fucking wild one. Philip Denol and Kopitar is the worst possible matchup for McDavid. When you look at every team in the first round who they could have faced, those two centers are the worst matchup for McDavid. The guy still has scored and gotten points in the first two games. Don't get me wrong. He's gifted as hell. But when you have a goalie like Mike Smith, I don't really know if I have faith in under six games in any series. So as much of a mismatch as we thought it would be with Edmonton and L.A., I think this is going seven specifically off of the fact that Kopitar is a fucking nightmare for McDavid. And Jonathan Quick is going to fucking turn it up. I can see it already. What is the story on Doughty? Is he coming back? Alino. <laughs> I hope so. Oh, man. <laughs> if not, I'd uh, I'd feel bad about their chances. But if he's back, I think uh, he's going to hit another gear and he's going to play pissed off. And that's what the LA Kings management, the whole team, that's what they need out of Drew Doughty. You want to slash me a little shit? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's it's the same thing with Washington. Maybe not on that level because their their uh, their core guys are. I don't know. I don't know what the word is, but Kopitar's not at the same level anymore. Still fucking amazing. I'm gonna. Th- I don't want people to twist those words. Doughty's still amazing, but um, is there any way in hell? Chris, if they get Doughty back and Kopitar still going and all their young guys keep it up, could they squeeze one out on the Oilers? Yeah, they can. I mean, Edmonton got swept last year to Winnipeg. A lot of people forget that. A very similar defense, too. The only guy they added was a 38, 39-year-old Duncan Keith. So, I mean, like it's very similar in terms of team. Evan Bouchard, obviously, I'm, I'm really high on him, just maybe not right now. He's not that he's not that effective, at least not yet. And like I don't know why the fuck every single year you go you look at the free agents, you look at the trade deadline, they always make it a fucking dud. Like they have Cody Cece on the back end. I don't know why he's still in the NHL. It's just there's there's some there's some fucking moves that they've they haven't been able to make and it's baffling. Like go get a goalie. Like fuck. I, like I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt just because of how great number 97 and 29 are. But, yeah, man, it could easily happen for sure. I think that's actually more of a possibility than Washington winning. All right. So um, you, you guys told me your thoughts after the game one in Toronto. Now, after game two, Alino, what's going through your mind? Oh, I'm still uh, optimistic even more. And if I'm Tampa, I'm fucking pissed. Like, you go and get five goals, and, and the only thing people are talking about after the game is that the Leafs rallied back, and the fans were loud again, and now the Leafs are carrying momentum into your home building where they're looking out that it's likely they can get two games. So uh, Tampa, if anything, they just uh, pissed everyone off in their fan base because now they got the Leafs coming in, and it looked like if they got the 5-1 win, they could have said, oh, okay, now they're down to earth, and pressures on the Leafs but now all I'm seeing is they got their one win and uh it's time for the Leafs to not fuck around and win the next three so five game series I'm calling for the Leafs and Mitchie hopefully they bring his nonna down there so he scores another goal <laughs> do it for Gam Gam and get your uh stars there you need John Tavares to score a goal and uh, I think that will turn things around so I got the Leafs in five still I mean, I know Alino has to go, so I'm going to make this short and sweet. Can we fucking not play Wayne Simmons next game? Uh-oh. Jason Spezza. <laughs> like, where is Spezza? 
Why is he not playing? Pinello, your thoughts on that? I just assumed Spezza would be in. I thought he'd be on the fourth line with Simmons and Blackwell. And I'm like, that's going to lock shit up. I, I, I don't know. It, it was very Babcock to me. Like, does he not kill penalties or something? Spezza's been solid all year. Like, they can put him in most situations. I don't know. But now I feel like fucking, well, Clifford's gone for the game, right? Oh, he's back now. Well, that was sure. Too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, see, I feel like they put Clifford back in over Spezza. I just feel like what Simmons did in in last game and the amount of media press he got, I feel like he's not playing game three. I mean, I, I love Kase. I think he's been a great addition in terms of depth, but he has not done anything. Like, he's done nothing. I think you, if you really want to mix it up, you could put Blackwell there. You could even maybe shove – you could maybe switch bunting down to the third and put Kerfa back on the top. Um but I did see earlier today that a lot of people were giving Nylander flack. I, I think the guy that needs to get the most flack here, and I hate saying it, is John Tavares. The guy really hasn't done anything. And now I know this is a really good Tampa team, and they shut you down, and they really shut down the neutral zone. But, man, JT has to do a little more. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're going to need Buddy big time, especially after last year where you played a lot in three fucking minutes. So, um. I'm with you on Simmons, I'm with you on Tavares. Um, I'm going to stick to my original Tampa and six prediction. I hope Alino's right out of the three of us. Um, yeah, we got anything to add to this series, boys? I just say Tampa seven, and I think we got to really contain Hedman and point if we want to win this series. You can't have Hedman get four points. Oh, I think uh, Sheldon Keefe might have to experiment. Matthews Tavares on one line once and for uh, the rest of it maybe go off the board you give Matthews his own line Marner his own line uh, Willie his own line and Tavares his own line and then you go in and you drop one then when the other comes off you go with the other guy and yeah keep on throwing stars at Tampa and hopefully light them up and make that goalies uh, you know it's summer start early with that goal light get a suntan started early boom Someone clip that and fucking send it to Sheldon Schief over there. Boom. You know what? That is that is pretty sick. I would I would love that. And uh, with that being said, that's going to close out this week's episode, episode 176. Talked about the NBA, NHL playoffs. Stay tuned for next week. You're going to be doing the exact same thing.